Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Three oh four. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Yes, it is Thursday. Oh yes, it's the day after. Yeah, like the JV squad took a couple of laps around the track. Look at us! No, coming over here! Look at us! Look at us! We we could be the captain of the team! Woo! Captain! Over here! No, 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 not the, over here! No, no, I'm pointing! You know, uh, come on, I'm waving my arms at everything over here! No! Can I be a cheerleader then? No! Can I, can I, can I? I don't know exactly what it is that you can be. I'm sorry, gang. You know, I sit here and I am a Republican. And even though our beloved Commonwealth doesn't actually have real party enrollment, which I think is absurd. I think this whole idea of open primaries is absurd. It's absolutely Batcraft crazy. Why the hell would you want a bunch of liberal Democrats selecting the Republican Party nominee for any office? Don't you understand they would always pick the weakest candidate that they could ensure would lose in the general election? Well, take a look at Chesterfield County as an example. Chesterfield County Democrats turned out in force to nominate Stacey Davenport for the Republican Party nomination, knowing full well they could knock her off. But anyway, just an example that I thought I'd share with you. So I sit here as a loyal Republican. I believe that my party is better than that party. I believe my guys are better than those guys. And then I take a look at that and I think, hmm, maybe your math might, maybe your mileage might vary. I don't know. There were some things that were not half bad last night. Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, of course, declared Donald Trump's a big loser. You know, if he's really a good guy, he should get his ass here. That's what he said, not me. I'm just quoting. Thing is, Governor, with with all due respect, uh, Donald Trump was actually the big winner last night. Uh, you 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 had such bizarre, twisted questions that were in such inappropriate order. Brett Baer and Martha McCollum asking questions that pretty clearly were motivated a lot more by left of center people than right of center people. 
And then, is it just me? Wasn't there something about UFOs? I, I don't know. I may have dozed off. Maybe, maybe I, I, you know, I didn't have an adult beverage at dinner. I can tell you that officially. There were four of us at dinner. And we, we had sparkling water, that Pellegrino stuff. Really nice Italian restaurant inside the Hilton La Grotta. Ooh, very, very nice. Very, very nice. Anyway, so I know I, I didn't have anything to drink there. And I got home kind of late, and I didn't, you know, I didn't even have anything here. So uh, maybe I just imagined the whole UFO question, but I I could have sworn. And, and, you know, I should have known. I should be paying attention to the UFO stuff, because as a kid, I was all about Quisp. You know, the uh, cereal, which I don't think, he, I think they just don't make it anymore. But Quisp used to be the little guy in the, uh, in the UFO, the spaceship. And I was a Quisp guy, and my brother was a Quake guy. They had sort of battling breakfast cereals, Quisp and Quake. Now, the folks who made it, I don't remember what company it was, but they were brilliant because it was the same damn cereal. It was exactly the same damn cereal. And uh, guess what? People went out, and they had to buy two boxes of the same cereal because one of the kids liked Quisp and one of the kids liked Quake, even though Quisp and Quake were exactly the same. So I should have been paying attention to the UFO question. That's where I was going with that. So who was the winner? Who was losing? Biggest winner of all? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump had more viewers to his sit-down with Tucker Carlson than this entire debate did. The questions asked of Trump were at least as salient as any of the questions asked by uh, Brett Baer and uh, Martha McCollum on Fox. And even though Trump wasn't there, Trump dominated the news cycle, and he's still dominating the news cycle. And this is this is why, whether you like him or not, and I know there are a lot of people, particularly the uh, the bottom feeders, the uh, the uh, continual bedwetters in the legacy news media ranks all around America. I mean, the folks who inhabit newsrooms around America, man, they they hate Trump. But boy, they love to hate them some Trump. You know why? Because Trump gets some numbers. Trump gets them viewers, Trump gets them readers, Trump gets them listeners. And folks who are otherwise completely and totally irrelevant in the real world all of a sudden say, oh, people are paying attention. And then you say, well, they're not paying attention to you, they're paying attention to Donald Trump, and you just happen to be chatting about him. So the big story today is the impending booking of former President Donald Trump. Think about this for a second. So you have this debate last night. Questions invariably get back to former President Trump. A, a, a multiplier of what? Five or ten is what you need to figure out the viewership of the Donald Trump sit-down with Tucker Carlson versus the Republican Party second-tier debate. And that's what it was. And you know what's terrible? I, and I, I feel bad saying that. I really do. But I like just about every one of those people up on that stage. I really do. And I respect just about every one of those people up on that stage. And things being different, I, I, I would be supporting actively one or the other of those people up on that stage. But... I just don't see it this time around. I really don't. I don't see it. I don't feel it. I don't hear it. They have their debate. And 
they delivered some pretty good lines and throughout this afternoon of course we'll uh, we'll share some of the lines just because you know we have to i feel that i have to but i don't think there was any big winner there now if you're going for second place if you're going to seed first place to donald trump last night then second place i'm going to give it to ron DeSantis. And you know I'm on record. I love Ron DeSantis. Absolutely love Ron DeSantis. I think he's brilliant. I know firsthand that what he has done in Florida has just worked so well that I would love to see it all around the country. I would love to see Ron DeSantis in the White House. I would absolutely vote for Ron DeSantis for President of the United States. But I don't think this is his time. And I think that's what this all comes down to. Nikki Haley, brilliant woman. Vivek Ramaswamy, he's an interesting dude. And he's especially interesting because he does seem to be solidly on both sides of a lot of issues. Which, in all candor, is how Barack Obama was elected. Barack Obama was able to take a huge amount of white liberal guilt and translated into votes and for folks who are actually paying attention to you know issues and and uh, problems that needed to be solved and agendas that well, not to worry barack obama came down solidly on both sides of all the important issues and he won now maybe vivek ramaswamy whose opening line quite frankly i I don't want to say he stole it from Barack Obama because that's that's just kind of nasty. And I, 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 I let's just say, what do they say on those uh, television movies? Uh, inspired by a real event. So Vivek Ramaswamy's opening line was inspired by the line that Barack Obama delivered a number of years ago that just sounded an awful lot like that. Who else was up there? My old buddy Mike Pence. Look, I know that. Uh, Mike Pence has become a persona non grata for so many people. I understand that. Uh, but I also know, uh, knowing Mike Pence for 30-plus years now, and having been a little baby talk show host with Mike Pence in Indianapolis 30-some-odd years ago, uh, he is a good, solid man. He is a good guy. And you may dislike him intently for january the 6th and i i will not argue that with you but those who are saying he is not a real conservative he's not of this he's not of that i'm sorry you're just uh, completely and totally off base but i don't think mike pence is headed to the white house either who else was up there i'm trying to think uh uh chris christie was there that's right chris christie uh, Chris Christie, as many of us know, is like the before photo for a lot of things, and he's a buffoon, and he's kind of a nasty buffoon, and he really, really just beat up on Vivek Ramaswamy. I don't think it was an attractive look, but then it was Chris Christie, so I don't know that there's a lot that would be attractive about uh, Chris Christie's look, but I don't see him heading to the White House either. I'm trying to think who else. God, I, uh, oh, Tim Scott. I loved Tim Scott, but I thought it was, and he was there, sort of, kind of, and he sometimes said stuff, and that was okay, but no big, no. Um, um, I'm trying to, oh, Asa Hutchinson. Now, here's what I would say. Uh, uh, Asa, 
You've had your time. That's it, dude. You're done. That's it. Goodbye. Please. That was just an epic fail for Asa Hutchinson. And and I would have expected more from him years ago, but he's just kind of gone off in a in a bizarre direction. Oh, and Governor uh, Burgum, right, from North Dakota, I thought he put in a pretty good performance. And he, and he was working hurt, too. You know that, right? Came with a busted up leg or something. But, uh, again, I just... I don't think this is your time. All right. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, including one of the most bizarre fundraising emails I have ever seen in my life. I'll share the details with you in just a moment. It is 315 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. 323 Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. Yes, it is Thursday. You've heard a lot about white flight. What's the reality of so-called white flight? We'll get a little insight at uh, 3.35. And last night, Tucker Carlson was... um, He was Tucker Carlson, I'll tell you that. I thought he was great. I really did. I thought Trump was spot on. I thought that uh, Tucker Carlson was spot on. And I watched that before I watched the debate. In fact, I wasn't I didn't watch the debate live. I was, you know, sort of tuning in here and there. I got home a little bit later. Uh, I was out and I had some dinner with some friends. Went and uh, was hanging out with uh, Bobby Kennedy for for a bit, which was very interesting. Again, I, I can't tell you that I'm supporting this one, that one, the other one. I, I think he's wrong about a, a number of issues. But nonetheless, it was fascinating. And it was far more interesting than watching the debate live. That's what I realized. So by the time I got home, chatted with Heidi a little bit. You know, I did everything you do when you get home after an evening. And it's like, oh, God, i got to work on some stuff. So I sat down. I watched uh, the sort of the end of the debate. And I had friends of mine who were sending me notes saying, hey, you, do you believe this? Do you believe that? Take a look at that. So I knew what it was that I was going to look for, especially in the debate itself. But I did that after I watched the uh, Tucker-Trump show or the Trump-Tucker show. Or the trucker show. I don't know. Put them all together. Whatever it is. I thought that was so much better than that debate. I really did. Big winner last night. Once again, Donald Trump. The big winner today will be Donald Trump. Because every one of the the bum kissers in the legacy news media ranks around America will be giving you live, moment-to-moment coverage of the Donald Trump booking. And then there's going to be the mugshot. How much you want to bet by this time tomorrow that mugshot becomes a campaign poster available on shirts as well for Donald Trump. It's 326 Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. It is a Thursday afternoon, and we have a lot that we are dealing with. Uh, my old buddy, Dr. Keith Ablo, is going to be here at uh, 535. Always, always, always uh, look forward to uh, to chatting with him. Uh, the, uh, I don't know, the debate such as it was last night, I don't know, I don't know that anybody was swayed one way or another. I got to tell you that uh, we have all heard this phrase 
white flight, right? Everybody's heard it. Question for you is, do you actually know what it is? Do we know what it is? Do we know what the true story of so-called white flight was? Jack Cashel is uh, one of the finest uh, writers around, and he has a brand new book out. It is called Untenable, the true story of white ethnic flight from America's cities. And I'm happy to say he's joining us. Jack, thanks for being here. Hey, Jeff. Uh, thanks for uh, having me on. I'm pleased to talk to someone in Richmond now that you're being sung about every, even at the debate last night, if you noticed. <laughs> uh, Yes, uh, I am slightly north of Richmond, but I don't fall into the rich men north of Richmond category, I'm afraid. I'm, I'm doing my best, though, man. Hey, uh, this is an interesting read, and it, it's described, uh, one person described it as part memoir, and that, to me, is, is what stuck here. Tell me a little bit about what motivated you to write the book, and, and, and where'd you come from with this? Yeah, you know, I've been wanting to write it for a long time, Jeff. I, I grew up in the middle of a, uh, America's most comprehensive social experiment uh, and the sort of the Petri dish of it, Newark, New Jersey, while the experiment was taking place. And uh, we suffered in Newark every form of governmental abuse you could possibly imagine. And then when it all went awry, when the city, uh, you know, when the, uh, the, the city collapsed and the riots broke out and uh, they had to blame someone, so they blamed the people who left rather than looking inward and saying, you know, maybe we did something wrong to destroy the black family and the black community and the harmony between blacks and whites and to drive black, white, Asian, Hispanic people out of our cities. Maybe it was our fault. No, they wouldn't do that because that's, Mm -hmm. that would take too much personal responsibility. So they blame the people who fled, but they only blame the white people who fled blacks and Asians, Hispanics who fled for exactly the same reasons. And I cite in the book, several prominent examples of the same, including Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's a fascinating thing. And, you know, I should have written this 20 years ago when my parents' generation was still, you know, alive and kicking. Yeah. Because I, they, they demand, they owe, they're owed that kind of vindication. They're just at least the truth. And that that is so vital that the truth get out. You know, you're talking about Newark, New Jersey. Jack, I grew up in Philadelphia. Uh, it was it yeah. was the same thing. We didn't see the same sorts of riots that you saw in Newark, New Jersey, but we certainly experienced, I will say, unrest. And and the same situation existed in Philadelphia, where families, some white. Some black said, oh, wait a minute. I don't want my mom getting mugged on the street. I don't want my kids getting jumped while they're going to school. No, no, no. We're out of here. We're going to Bucks County or Delaware County. And that's where they went. But you're right. It was only the white families who were blamed. And that became this this term now, white flight. You know, uh, Jeff, you're right. I I talk about all the cities across northeast, north central United States. I'm sure Richmond experienced much the same thing in some of its neighborhoods. But I lived in a neighborhood that in 1960, you know, is still preteen or whatever, but it was a, a democratic neighborhood. It was uh, several people of, uh, that I contacted described it as idyllic. They used that word. You wouldn't think of that in terms of Newark as idyllic, but by 1975, the city was unlivable, yes. and the neighborhood was. And I asked a friend of mine uh, who was one of the, what happened to when people left, they became Republicans because they saw how their, uh, their exile was being interpreted by the major media, and they resented it. And so, but one friend of mine who was the last guy out on our block, and uh, he remained a Democrat, one of the few, and I asked him finally, I said, you know, his, his wife is kind of woke, she's hovering in the background, he's trying to be careful. 
<laughs> I said, Artie, you got you were the last one out. You were living there with your widowed mother. Why finally did you leave? And and he said to me, Jack, well, it became untenable. And I said, What do you mean by untenable, Artie? He said, Well, when your mother's mugged for the second time, that's untenable. When your home's invaded for the second time, that's untenable. Now, the problem is the moment he decides to move, which, you know, to get his mother out of there, it only made sense. Uh, then he becomes a, a racist. He becomes a, uh, a participant in the great uh, exile, the white flight, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for 60 years, they've been telling, they've been mistelling this story. And I was fortunate, you know, because I've written, I wrote 15 books before this. I finally got the opportunity to tell the story. <laughs> you've written some amazing books, by the way, throughout the years. I am uh, I'm happy that uh, that you've written this one as well, and that you're joining us. So, 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 who was it? Number one, who is was it that coined the phrase "white flight"? And and give us what their 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 motivation was to to beat on it over and over and over again. You know, I couldn't name the individual, but uh, the whole phenomenon in the '60s was accompanied by a couple things. One is that. In the cities themselves, uh, just really seriously flawed social policies were leveling neighborhoods, uh, you know, and uh, they're also uh, rewarding fatherlessness uh, among all families. Black families were most vulnerable because they were the most recent immigrants to the cities. Uh, and at the same time, almost to justify what they were doing, the, uh, like the liberal progressive media establishment had to find a culprit. Yeah. I mean, these cities were collapsing. They were breaking out in flames and riots. And our, our riot in Newark in 67, you know, 25 people were killed. So they had to find someone to blame. And, and who was handy were white people. Mm-hmm. And yet at that time, you know, ours was such a heavily ethnic neighborhood. There were four immigrants from 14 countries on my block. And so we tended to identify by our ethnicity. I'm Irish. Newark was also heavily Italian, heavily Jewish. Heavily Portuguese, um, but we're all lumped together as white people, yeah. right? And then you know we're white, but you know that lumping just flattened out all the distinctions among us because each ethnic group responded differently to the pressure. And blacks were not uh, were were not thrown in with us, but they were doing the same thing. And I tell the story in the book, for instance, of Whitney Houston's mother. Well, Whitney and I were born in the same hospital. I taught her everything she knows, and uh, yeah, right, uh, except about how to how to live her life. Yeah. And so her mother says, you know, her mother came up from this, her father's her mother's uh, father came up from the house, hardworking guy, Christian, supported eight children, you know, through the depression, and working like a you know in a foundry, takes care of the mother, sends all the kids to church. Uh, so Whitney is living as a child with her mother and her father, and. Uh, and what what uh, Sissy Houston calls a cozy little village. And then Sissy turns to her husband, John, and says, the crime and drugs are getting out of control here, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is, she's saying this in her memoir. And then she says, and then the riots came, and she turns to John and says, we have to leave the city. And they do. They move to the suburbs. Yep. But they move blamelessly, right? That's right? Same thing with Michelle Obama when she left her neighbor in Chicago. Or Kanye West's mother. When she got driven out of her Chicago neighborhood, she writes, call it black flight, call it whatever. But if they're going to you know, mug my little Kanye, we're out of here. And, uh, and the phenomenon goes on today. It's been uh, ramped up today. There's kind of a white flight 
2.0 going on now, except the people fleeing are the same people who are writing the editorials, so they don't castigate themselves. Shocking, right? Absolutely <laughs> yeah, right. shocking. I Hypocrisy. Say, uh, yeah, you might say. I, I, by the way, i got to tell you that uh, one of the things that I thought was so interesting, and you're talking about uh, uh, this Roseville location, and yeah. um, you're talking about Katz's. You're talking about the Jews in Roseville, and I just read that, and while I'm not related to Rose that I know, the, uh, the story <laughs> resonates with me, man, because it's, uh, it's something I had heard about as a kid, and I saw it in you know some some segment here or there. Uh, growing up in Philadelphia, about the same time you were growing up in Newark and dealing with all of these things through the years, right? And there was a, there was a fair amount of ethnic friction, but it never got uh, you know in in, in our neighborhood uh, there were too few Jews to to be a force of contention. You know what yeah. I mean? There was like there weren't rival gangs, right? I and I. And I talk about Mo Berg, uh, who came from my neighborhood and wandered around right around my block. I didn't even know he was there. He was a famous uh, spy, baseball player, et cetera. Yep, yep. But, um, and there was a lot of friction between the Irish and Italians and the Germans and the Irish before that. And, yeah. But it never reached the point of muggings and home invasions and mothers being mugged and that sort of stuff. That came in with the 60s. And that came in, and it was, uh, it's not to say that blacks were... Uh, the only ones doing that, but they became identified in the public mind with that. And, uh, and it was a, a new phase in the life of urban residents and uh, an unwelcome phase. And the, the prime principal victims were blacks themselves. You know, I talk about the Columbus homes and uh, how it's transformed from a home, a housing, huge housing project filled with uh, nuclear families to a huge housing project filled with uh, Broken homes, you know, fatherless homes. Yep. And the people who were there, the blacks who were there first with their little families, got run out. Yep. Uh, they couldn't deal, deal with it either. So we were all victims of uh, Lyndon Johnson's Great Society and its many tentacles. There's no doubt about that. Jack, I want people to get this book. Now, I know it's available on Amazon, but is that the best way to get it? How do we help you the most? Well, you know, my website is com. And actually, you help me most by going to Amazon because that's where publishers keep score, right, okay. today. Okay. You know, so it's just, even though, oddly, I buy all my books through Barnes & Noble, ah. but I have to, I have to encourage, I encourage people to go to Amazon because it's actually it's a brilliant service that they provide, and it's available in audio and in uh, uh, e-book, and I did the audio myself and uh, with my uh, New Jersey accent, so it's authentic. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Uh, now, uh, great read. Uh, Cashill.com is the website, but get the book through Amazon so that Jack can say he's sort of uh, up there high level, make sure he's got another book coming. Hey, if you don't mind, I'd love to get you back talk about some of your other stuff as well. Oh, anytime, Jeff. Happy to do it. And uh, it's odd how certain things stay in the news forever, you know, yeah. especially my books on Obama, uh, which uh, uh, they are, I think, going to be part of our life for the rest of our lives. They <laughs> are indeed, and I, I've got a sneaking suspicion they may come back front and center sooner rather than later. Jack, I uh, uh-huh, I appreciate you, Peter. Man. We will talk soon. That is Jack Cashel. His latest book is called Untenable, the true story of white ethnic flight from America's cities. Every demographic group left cities that were becoming filled with violence. But the only folks who were tagged and attacked and demeaned were white families. Take a look at Jack's book. 345, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. 
353. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRVA. It is a Thursday afternoon, and I will talk a little bit more about some of the stuff that happened in the debate and what didn't happen in the debate. And I mentioned to you that uh, I've seen a a fundraising email which was sent out and just for the life of me i i i don't know what to say it is it is a reelect worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Stacy Davenport fundraising email. And she says, Dear friend, during my first term, I have worked closely with our Chesterfield County Police Department And I just stopped right there and I spit out my damn coffee because she has done a lot of things in her first term. Working effectively with the Chesterfield County Police Department is not on that list. Now, I suppose it it would all depend how you define closely. When I hear that a prosecutor has worked closely with law enforcement, I don't think of the guy out in Goochland, and I don't think of Stacy Davenport. I, I, I think of uh, my Commonwealth's attorney here in Hanover County. It's the reason that Hanover County remains the safest county in our metro region. But the nerve of Stacy Davenport, who has done everything humanly possible to demean insult, decrade, undercut, hamstring Chesterfield County law enforcement. Ridiculous attacks on law enforcement leaders going after all of the wrong people. And then, and then she says, the liberal Democrats are trying to take over Chesterfield. I will remind you, Stacey Davenport got the Republican nomination 
because there was a coordinated effort by Chesterfield Democrats to get her the nomination so they could take her out in this election. She is wrong on everything. She's done nothing to help law enforcement. And there are, there are now, well, let's just say there's one guy that we know of who could pass a background check to work in a child care facility. And suffice to say, I would personally like to know more about that case if I were hiring someone. And now we don't. It's a twisted thing, I'm just telling you. If I lived in Chesterfield, not a chance I'd cast a ballot for her. 357, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Four oh four. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. It is a Thursday afternoon. And uh, we are certainly continuing to analyze some of the things that happened last night or didn't happen last night. And everybody's on standby. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Former President Trump's going to show up uh, in Fulton County. All right. Well, it'll be a mugshot. You've seen how that sheriff is operating. And there'll be a mugshot released. And here's what I can tell you. By this time tomorrow, uh, that mugshot will be on T-shirts for former President Trump. And I'll take one. Because I just think it's an absolute circus. So, 30-plus uh, years that I've been doing uh, talk radio. And uh, Jeremy, as you know, is the new uh, producer on this program. And has asked me to, well, frankly, take a gigantic risk that I've never done. So, this will either work or it will be an epic fail. And Jeremy will no longer be the producer of the Jeff Cat Show. So, there you have it. All right, my friend. Let's, let's get to it. Hello. He he made you think that it was going to be Donald Trump, but in fact, it is just John Reed from the other side of the planet. I feel like the buildup there is a big disappointment for you, Jeff. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. And uh, you, my friend, I know they've <laughs> lost your luggage. They have lost my luggage. So this is day six with almost the same clothes, although I found a... Uh, I found a Zara store and just decided, you know, I got to buy new clothes. I got to buy some new underpants. I got to buy a couple of new shirts. So these people that I'm running into everywhere are not repulsed that I'm wearing the same dress shirt that I was wearing when I was doing the morning show on Friday. Uh-huh. So $500 later, I've got something of a new, um, a new wardrobe. I look, I look like a 25 year old who's shopping in Europe, but whatever it's, um, it's exciting. Tonight I'm in um, Albania, a place on the, uh, it's called Skodor. And, um, you know, it's very lively here. It's uh, 10.07 at night. And there are hundreds of people, families, little kids running around, having a wonderful time. No fights, no foul language. I think I would be able to tell if it was foul language. I mean, everybody's just happy that you can probably hear in the distance there's a band playing and, Jeff, the whole time I've been on this trip, I keep thinking, this should be Richmond. You know, yeah. why can't Richmond make something like this happen? You know? yeah. Well, let me ask you something, John. As you're traveling there, and I know you're racking up all sorts of uh, checks, right? I mean, uh, going up to 100 uh, countries that you visited. Is that is that what you are experiencing, that 
uh, as as filled with history as Richmond is, we're doing it all sorts of wrong, and these folks are doing it all sorts of right. Yeah, I just walked by. In fact, maybe I'll post it on Facebook. I just walked by an old communist statue with red flags, and I don't know the history of the person who's commemorated by the communist statue, but, you know, that's a very unpleasant period in the history of this country, and I don't want to overstep my bounds and try to tell you what I've heard, but I I think all of the communist leaders are very uh, either loved or hated here, but that statue's still standing, Mm -hmm. and it's not causing all kinds of consternation. And it seems like a country like this one, which was really devastated after the fall of the Soviet Union, has focused on uh, rejuvenating its tourist trade, its business Mm -hmm. uh, elements, manufacturing, you know, the kind of things that responsible leaders do when they're trying to get their economy uh, back again and make sure their people can work and feed their families without without depending on the government. It's really been interesting to travel through this part of the Balkans with mm-hmm. these countries that emerged from behind the Iron Curtain. And, you know, to, to a certain extent, the people who speak English, I've, you know, I, I can start up a conversation with anybody almost any time, but in, in a bar, in a restaurant, um, it's been very interesting to hear the stories of how they've tried to come back. And, um, you know, they asked me about Donald Trump. They they apparently saw the coverage of Donald Trump's interview with Tucker last night. So that's been a big conversation today. Hey, t- tell me They're all interested about, in Donald Trump. Yeah, tell me a little bit about what their response is to former President Trump, along with Tucker Carlson. Uh, he had a multitude of uh, list uh, of uh, viewers more than the Fox debate. I mean, it's really fascinating when you take a look at this. Yeah. I mean, just a uh, hundred million for uh, for President Trump, and I don't know. Maybe they broke ninety for the uh, for the debate. You know, ninety five people tops, and that includes the Fox crew. But you know, it, it, it really was bizarre. But I'm curious to know what they're thinking, and what are they thinking of this uh, mysterious airplane problem uh, that happened in Russia? Oh well, they are following that story and without a doubt they're saying oh putin killed him of course. putin shot down that plane he didn't care if other people died he wanted that guy gone and he wanted his right-hand man gone he had the opportunity and he executed him essentially yeah. and they don't even bat an eye with it this is this is what they saw happen to their friends and family and the stories right. that have been passed down over the last 30 years and uh, i don't think there's any doubt i heard dennis's uh, newscast where the, the Western diplomats are trying to kind of put one foot in and one foot out. I don't think in this part of the world, there's no doubt what happened. He, no. Putin wanted that guy dead, and he made that happen. Yeah, I mean, this was, this was, uh, this was an execution is what it was, and uh, yeah. carried out in, yeah. you know, once again, interesting Vladimir Putin fashion, I suppose, but uh, going to get everybody to pay attention to it that's his goal here we, we i think everybody except for these western diplomats don't quite they're the only ones who don't quite understand this is putin saying hey stop screwing around i can still do what i want to and do. do they think do they think we're going to be friends with this guy if they uh, if they you know fudge the story like somehow he'll like us a little bit more in the future i i would rather just come on say what happened let's all right. deal with it it's he's never coming back into our good graces 
So it's, I, it's been an interesting topic of conversation as I've bounced around today. And then the Trump thing, I'm so frustrated with CNN and the BBC mm-hmm. because that's where a lot of people get their news here. You know, there's local coverage that I guess is the international press mixture of the New York Times and I don't know, some London paper that probably feeds them stories. But <laughs> television wise, a lot of this comes from CNN and um, and the BBC World Service. Right. And right. I, it's it's very interesting to hear uh, their perception of Donald Trump. Some people have said, oh, he's just a businessman. He's very ruthless. And I'm and then other people talk about how rude and mean he is. And I, I thought, you know, if you watch, of course, there's a language barrier. But if you watch Trump last night, I really thought he sounded great. I thought yeah. he sounded very reasonable. And, yep. and I mean, brutally honest That's that right. even if you hate him, you'd have to go, well, he's telling the truth on this. He's, he's kind of exposing what happens, I think. Yeah, well, look, you you know as well as I do that uh, we've got so many folks in the the legacy news media ranks that... that they know that what Trump is saying is true, but they don't have the uh, the, the integrity or the courage to actually report that. It's it's crazy. So, uh, yeah. so you got what another week or so gallivanting? Another week. I've got. I think if I work it right, I've got four more countries to visit. So this will put me. I'm at one. I'm at 102 countries today, as of today. So if if things work out as I think they're going to, I'll be at 106. When I finally return home on Labor Day, however, one of the countries that I'm planning on visiting, apparently, if you show up with a stamp in your passport from one of the countries that I've just been in, Mm -hmm. they might hassle you. And and honestly, Jeff, I don't need any hassles in my life right now, so I may Mm. skip that. (laughs) We'll see. Fair enough. Well, listen, safe travels. Enjoy the new clothing. You look fabulous. I can tell from here. You look Thank you so much. And don't. Don't fire Jeremy. He was just trying to help. Ah, he's a good guy. He's absolutely a great guy. We're happy to have him. All right, John, thank you, my friend. And uh, that is my Thanks, dear Jeff. friend, John Reed. He is once again racking up a whole slew of uh, new countries over there in Europe. 413, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Competition. Do you think it's possible that Epstein was killed? Oh, sure, it's possible. I, I mean, I don't really believe I think he probably uh, committed suicide. He had a life with, you know, beautiful homes and beautiful everything. And he, uh, all of a sudden, he's incarcerated and not doing very well. I would say that he did. But there are those people. There are many people. I think you're one of them, right? But a lot of people think that he uh, he was killed. He knew a lot on a lot of people. He was killed. You I think, think so? I think the, more, the closer you look, I'm not a conspiracy person at all. I believe everything I hear. Uh, but, yeah, the, the closer you look into it, I mean, the Attorney General of the United States, your Attorney General, yeah. clearly lied about the Epstein death. Yeah, he was, why? He was uh, certainly it wasn't well done. They had no cameras. They had no anything. Everybody was sleeping. And, you know, there, the, a case could be made. Look, I'm not going to get involved in it. But I can tell you, a case could be made either way. But uh, it certainly wasn't the most well-run place. It was not the most well-run place. That is absolutely correct. I believe it's shut down now. And I believe that's one of the places that the New York City Mayor Eric Adams is trying to house illegal aliens. I mean, it's just, the, the nonsense just continues.
Uh, the nonsense down in Chesterfield County. I, I got a uh, another piece of information. You know, Billy Davenport, who was the Commonwealth's attorney in Chesterfield County forever and ever and ever, uh, has actually endorsed Aaron Barr. Here, here's the quotes. I strongly encourage all residents of Chesterfield to support Erin Barr in her bid for this crucial position. And I posted that on Facebook. Uh, a couple of responses. One says, Jeff, by all means, support Erin Barr. Uh, another one says, hey, Jeff, I thought you would like to know this. I keep getting emails from Stacy Davenport, and I delete them. I tried to unsubscribe from the emails, but the unsubscribe button doesn't seem to be working. I thought that was rather interesting. Well, all right, listen. I'm nobody's minder. That's all. I'm simply passing along one or two or ten observations. That's it. That's it. Did you like Tucker Carlson last night? I'm telling you, I thought Tucker Carlson did a great job. I always thought that Tucker Carlson did a great job over at Fox. And uh, maybe, maybe this is uh, Tucker Carlson... Saying still, you know what? We got lots of questions. I'm going after the answers. Chadwick Moore actually spent a huge amount of time with Tucker. Wrote a wrote a biography of Tucker. He'll be with us at 4:35, 4:26. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. night, you know, there was a, uh, a debate. You may not, all right, you know what, actually, you may not know that there was a There's eight uh, folks who are, well, I think they're kind of auditioning for secretary of something or vice president of this or that. A couple of folks watched it. Eh, I talked a little bit about it, but the big show was over on X, what used to be Twitter, right? And there were a couple of other sites. I'm trying to think where it was that I watched. I think I started on X and then went somewhere else, but uh, it was Tucker Carlson and former President Donald Trump. And I got news for you. As of, what, 10 minutes ago, 250 million views of that? Man, this uh, this is just another example of the power of Trump, and I would say the talent of uh, Tucker Carlson. Chadwick Moore has written a book that's only been out uh, a few days now, but, man, uh, it is all about Tucker Carlson. It's called Tucker. He got to spend a lot of time with him. I'm happy to say Chadwick is here. Chadwick, thanks for being here. Hey, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. The uh, the pleasure is mine, I assure you. So uh, you got to essentially hang out with Tucker Carlson forever and ever and ever, and then you wrote a book. So let's go back to the time you're hanging out with. What, what, what is it about Tucker Carlson that, that just brought millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of Americans to his show every evening? Well, it, it, it's a great question. And, you know, firstly, I think it's this, this sort of singular talent uh, once in a generation talent he has, and I think also, you know, Rush Limbaugh had, maybe a couple other people, of ability to connect with your audience, you know? And the fact that he was in cable news, which is a place of maximum artifice, you know, it's all bells and whistles and scripts and, and you know, these big brightly lit studios and these nipped and tucked performers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tucker was this face there that people felt he was being, you know, very genuine and sincere and honest with them. And, and, you know, his show was, especially those, those A blocks, those monologues he was so famous for, you know, that's all him. That's all his writing. Uh, and I think that came at a time when people are, you know, independent media uh, has, is eclipsing mainstream media, where people want uh, more of a personality they can trust than a network or a brand. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's why more people listen to talk radio. They get their news from podcasts, etc. And Tucker really bridged those worlds between you know the corporate mainstream media and having a relationship with a with the personality who's talking to you about the news. He connected, and you're absolutely correct. Everyone felt as they were watching him that well, I kind of know Tucker. You did get to know him a little bit. Same off camera as on camera. Oh yeah, I mean, and and even you know off camera. Well, I would say actually the you know the actually the market difference is that you know off camera he's he's not someone who um, can only talk politics. You know, in fact, what I really wanted to do with this book, uh, and I think and I think we did do because it's so easy with him. He's such a wonderful subject. Is to paint a, a three dimensional portrait of someone who's so often uh, portrayed as a caricature of you know either a great evil or or what have you. And, um, uh, you know, what I found was that he's not, so, you know, we almost never talked about politics the whole time, which was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about things that he's really interested in, which are, you know, issues of family, spirituality, morality, beauty. And he sees all those things as intrinsic to politics, but he's not, when, he doesn't care about point scoring. You know, we never had a d- discussion about, you know, DeSantis or Trump, you know, we, although we did talk about both those people in, in, in other ways. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he was much more interested in talking about the bigger questions, which made him a delightful subject. Wow. I, I, I just love the sound of that. I, I, I love the uh, the idea that he is, in fact, someone who is, uh, well, he's real. I mean, that again, that seems to be everything that uh, that we got as we were watching him on the show. So tell me a little bit. Your book comes out not too long after Tucker Carlson has shown the door from Fox. He's given Fox the best ratings they've ever had. You know, hundreds of millions of people are watching him. And then all of a Fox, all of a sudden Fox News says, eh, yeah, we're, we're, we're done with you. Well, well, what do you make of all that? Yeah, you know, we were working on this book for, you know, about a year and a half we started working on it, and we're almost done when this happened to him. So we pushed back publication. I updated it, interviewed him more times, added new chapters about, about all of this. And it's, you know, at this point, it's, I think the one thing that we can say definitively, at least in my opinion, is that, you know, he was taken off the air purely for ideological reasons. You know, he absolutely did nothing wrong. He didn't violate his contract. Um, you know, contrary to what liberals kind of shout out there because they're not very well read or informed, uh, he didn't push theories about Dominion uh, voting machines being rigged. In fact, he never believed it and was open about that. Uh, so, you know, you know, it came around that time. It wasn't that he said anything defamatory against Dominion. And, uh, you know, it's, it's purely ideological. Now, if you look at what's happening now, he's still under contract. He's still an employee of Fox News. They're not letting him go. They're threatening him. They're sending him letters because he's doing this on Twitter. Right. And his contract doesn't expire until December 2024, one month after the election. So someone wanted him silent and off the air until after the next presidential election. It is amazing. Chadwick Moore is joining us. His uh, book is called Tucker. Uh, he spent... How much time did you spend? I want to get this one right, Chadwick. How much time did you spend with him? Well, we started uh, in early spring, and I okay. traveled to Maine to spend time with him, also in Florida, the two places where he lives. So all in all, with him staying in his home, hanging out with him a couple weeks, and then, of course, lots of phone calls, and then you know, getting to know his father, his wife, his, mm-hmm. you know, people in his world. So it was probably you know, total hundreds of hours, at least at least 100 hours of interviews for, for the entire book, and then spending a lot of time with Tucker personally, too. What about the people around him, uh, at Fox especially? Did his uh, staff like him, dislike him, uh, feel inspired by him? 
So everyone at Fox, even who didn't work on his show, really adored him. You know, when they'd meet him in the building and, and what have you. His own team was super close. Uh, and, you know, they described this kind of rarefied environment in cable news where no one ever felt like anyone else was trying to undermine someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to know how close they were, uh, so there are about 18 to 25 people who worked on his three shows. Uh, immediately after his, he was taken off the air, nine of those people quit to go be with him. And then the remaining nine were all fired later on and one fell swoop by Fox, which is unusual because you're not hired to work for a show. You're hired to work for the network. So usually you just get moved to another show. Uh, And those people are all either now with Tucker or planning on joining him as soon as he can get his next thing off the ground. Um, So, you know, half his team was like, we're going with this guy. We don't care about our severance. Uh, We want to be with Tucker. Uh, So so that can tell you one thing about what kind of a leader he was and how much people liked him. Heck yeah. Now, the other part of this, here he is, he's on regularly now on X, formerly Twitter. He's still under contract with Fox. Is Fox continuing to pay him through this time? Oh yeah, he's getting a paycheck every week. (laughs) Wow. He... So he is literally paid not to be on Fox News at this point. I mean, that's... Uh, He's being paid to not have a show, yes. And, and with all of the lawyers that Fox has on staff, nobody put in his deal that he couldn't do this Internet thing? Is, is that really what happened? So from what I understand, and I haven't seen the contract, yeah. but from what I understand, Fox had... Um, not included Twitter in their non-compete. Uh, either they forgot to, or they never thought it would be a a, a, a competitor. <laughs> wow! Wow! Well, look, he's brilliant. I've always known that he was brilliant. I, I've been. It sounds sort of odd, but I've been a Tucker fan for a long time because Tucker actually used to uh, spend time in a little town. Uh, Cape Cod area where my wife is from so we would run into him at the beach and was always wasn't a, clearly not as big a star as he is now but was always a prominent person and was always uh, down to earth and friendly and, and talked about things that uh, as you pointed out most of them were not political uh, but just a, a really good guy you know you would look forward to those again you go oh, guess who's at the beach and you'd sit there and and he might buy a, a slushy at the stand, or you might buy it, but either way, somebody got two and brought it back to the other guy. I mean, really, a, a decent guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I saw that firsthand, you know, you know, palling around with waiters and anything else. You know, he's everyone really loves loves that. And when people come up to him, he's, he's very generous and kind and, you know, uh, and loves talking to people, loves talking to average, everyday people. Yeah, I think he's always seen himself as simply regular folks, and he's he's, he's very fortunate. I think he considers himself blessed uh, to have done what he wanted to do. Anything that stood out where you just sort of shook your head, Chadwick, and thought to yourself, man, didn't see that coming? Well, I think a lot of, uh, I mean, there's a few moments. I think the one that a lot of people don't under, don't know uh, is the story of his mother. And, you know, I mean, this book is kind of an emotional book. Uh, it's It's not, you know, very, like, red meat politics mm-hmm. and a lot of that was with his childhood you know his mother um abandoned her family when he was six years old he never saw her again since he was six she died in 2011 and i i you know spoke to tucker's wife and tucker and his dad about about that and how that may have mm-hmm. affected him and also i spoke to people who knew her um she kind of wanted to be this art world hippie groupie and disappeared and got into the art world and into drugs and, and all this other stuff Jeez. um and uh you know i think that's 
uh, you know, Tucker had some sort of wise things to say about how that, that affected him and how he was even grateful for that because, you know, in his words, he could have grown up in the house of the crazy person, but he didn't have to. Uh, and, you know, his, his wife had thoughts. So I think that's, you know, a part of his life that a lot of people don't, don't know about that, that is, um, you know, certainly very interesting. Yeah, it, it, listen, it's a fascinating read. And again, uh, you point out it's not really political. And that, and that's the thing. I think there are going to be some people who get in and say, well, but, but wait, where's his, uh, you know, uh, but it's a great read. And it, and it really does uh, paint him as a human being. Uh, you do a great job of, of getting into so much, so much nuance, uh, so much uh, subtlety and uh, uh, subtext as well as context. It's, uh, it's just a great read, Chadwick. I mean, what, what, what more can I tell you? I, I, I give it five stars. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Where do we get it? What's the best place? Because I know Amazon is always available, but sometimes people say, nah, come on over to this place because I get uh, a little bigger piece of the pie. Well, Amazon, don't get me started on Amazon. Uh, If you want to order from Amazon, that's fine. They might not report the sale to the bestseller list. But, uh, you know, it's at Walmart, Books a Million, Barnes & Noble, or uh, you can go to TuckerTheBook.com and get it directly from the publisher or anywhere you get your books, really. All right, you know what? We're going to do TuckerTheBook.com. I like it, and I think that'll look good on our uh, our social media as well. Chadwick, great, great work. I appreciate you being here, man. I'd like to get you back as uh, things unfold with uh, Tucker Carlson's next adventure. Absolutely, anytime. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, same here. Thank you, my friend. That is Chadwick Moore. His book is called Tucker. It's just that simple. And it is a biography. It is an authorized biography, as you heard. Uh, spent an awful lot of time one-on-one with Tucker Carlson. And, and you, you get to know Tucker Carlson in a way I would dare say uh, you haven't before. You've seen him on television. You've heard him here. Maybe you've read some of his stuff. And and I think we all got, oh, he's a brilliant guy, but there's a lot to him. And uh the book is called Tucker. TuckerTheBook.com. TuckerTheBook.com. 446, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Four fifty one, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. All right, so is this another one bites the dust or another one rides the bus? Hmm. I'm thinking. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. And I'm thinking, some of those folks on that stage last night, we are not going to see Asa Hutchinson again anywhere. I mean, really, like anywhere. I think he can just uh, turn in his frequent flyer cards. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. And I don't think it's going to be a great loss. By the way, latest ticker on Tucker. Two, is this right? 215 million views of the Donald Trump Tucker Carlson sit down interview. Let me tell you something. Every single solitary time that one of these left wing losers attacks Donald Trump, Donald Trump gets more support. And this half baked district attorney in Georgia 
who is doing all of this for publicity reasons. You do know that she had a big fundraising effort based uh, entirely on this, right? Yeah. She ought to be embarrassed. Everybody ought to be embarrassed by that. Donald Trump is on his way now as we speak. President Trump aboard Trump Force One headed to Atlanta. He's going to turn himself into the Fulton County Jail. Apparently going to be fingerprinted and he's going to get a mugshot. Okay. I am here to tell you that that mugshot, number one, will absolutely be released because the sheriff, who at this very moment is waiting for the feds to show up and take over his jail because he runs it so poorly. Remember, we heard that yesterday. He will release that photo, and you and I both know what happens. It becomes a campaign image. Frankly, it's going to be for all sides. Donald Trump, because I think he's probably the most brilliant marketing mind we've ever seen, will have it on campaign T-shirts immediately. And you know who's going to get one? I'm going to get one. I'm going to wear one. You know who else will have it? Every one of those Republicans and everybody on the Biden side. Everybody's going to have it. Hey, Jeff, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy made comments on foreign policies that I question. Number one, reduce aid to Israel. Number two, leave Taiwan on their own. Uh, after we rebuild the chip industry, these two countries are our allies, and Ramaswamy's idea on it is a no-go. That is uh, Mike and Bottoms Bridge. Yeah, I got you, man. Kevin in Chesterfield says, hey, Jeff, that debate was more like the primetime special for Conan's insult comic dog. That's true. God. And Chris Christie, he, 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 he always picks the, the shortest guy right remember last time was all about marco rubio he was just batting him around like he was a cat with a mouse and this time it was vivek ramaswamy kirkland says jeff i was born in newark new jersey he's talking about that book uh, about uh, untenable he says fyi it's a crap hole and i'm being polite yep no i i'm not gonna argue with you the best part about the day's news, Jeff, is if the DA in Georgia is successful, there's not a damn thing the flunkies on stage at last night's debate can do about it, even if they did win. Mm-hmm. Jeff, last count at 3 p.m., number of viewers on the Trump Carlson show is 215 million. Definitely more entertaining than watching the I Want to Be Trump's Vice President debate. I agree with you. I absolutely, positively agree with you. Jeff, Chris Christie mentions his kudos as New Jersey governor, but not his 15% approval rating when he left. It was the lowest in the country. Absolutely. Uh, we saw a number of also runs. Now, I, I'm going to share with you some of the audio. We're going to do that right at uh, 5.05, coming up at 5.35. My buddy Dr. Keith Abloh is going to be here. And don't go too far because i got some great tickets that you can win moments from now. 4.56, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. It is Thursday, man. We are working our way towards the weekend. I love, love, love that. Uh, Our old buddy, Dr. Keith Ambler, will be along uh, just a half hour from now, 535. Now, remember what we're doing on Thursdays. You can uh, make note of this somewhere, put it in your phone, put it on your calendar. Every other Thursday, Dr. Keith Ambler is going to join us at 535, and then the other other Thursday at 535, our buddy uh, Dave Bratt 
is going to be here. So we got some great stuff on Thursdays, great stuff to look forward to. Oh, tomorrow is the final Friday of the month, and you know what happens. We bestow the Lieutenant Jan McTurnan Blue Friday honor on a very, very deserving Central Virginia law enforcement officer. Uh, eight years ago, I think it is, when this began, I just I, I couldn't have imagined it. Uh, you, you have no idea how difficult it was at the very beginning to even get agencies to cooperate. You know, you go, hey, we'd like to, oh, well, what is this really about? Well, we're a few years into it now. Again, I think it's eight years. I got to go back. I mean, there's math involved. You know how difficult that is. But uh, I think it's eight years or something like that. And now we have plenty of folks being nominated, which I love. And every month that little gift bag is a little different because, you know, somebody will step up and say, hey, I want to donate this for fantastic whatever it is i'm happy to put it in the gift bag and pass it on to these uh, deserving folks uh, and i've also noticed just between us i've noticed some some folks reaching out with nominations and man are they stretching the definition of central virginia oh uh, well that's all i'm gonna say um, it's all i'm gonna say but i am pretty sure no matter how you look at your map or use your uh, direction app I am pretty, pretty sure that Maryland does not qualify as Central Virginia. Okay, Chuck Todd, you know him. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't he soon to be the former host of whatever that uh, stuff is that he does? I always forget what it is. And look, it's a Sunday morning talking head show. And in all candor, they're all the same. They're all the same. But he's about to be demoted. Where's he going? I think he's going to uh, MSNBC. It's You know, he's not going to be on the big stuff anymore. But whatever it is, uh, they're still using him for a few things. And uh, he was chatting with our old buddy, Stephen Miller. Now, Stephen Miller's been a regular on this program. And, you know, he started Getter. And he's gone back now because President Trump said, look, I, I need you over here. And Stephen Miller said, you got it, sir. I want you to take a listen to this exchange because it is, well, it's, it's just priceless. Cut number one. I want to ask you about this questioning from Tucker Carlson, I guess, sort of talking up the idea of a violent, some sort of violent conflict over this campaign. Is that something the, the former president is embracing? I, I, that answer there was an odd answer, and I just didn't know if you had a better understanding. <laughs> Now, Chuck, I think you're framing it incorrectly. President Trump had a very good answer. Well, let's talk about the debate for a moment. The fact well, of the matter is question. President Trump won Does, this thing tonight, Is he going tonight, to Chuck. tamp down it's, violence, Jason? No, 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 no. Is he going to not? Chuck, I mean, is he a, going to Chuck, convince his... Chuck, Chuck, that I'm is... I'm just trying to... Chuck, I'm, respectfully, I'm that's there. an idiot. Chuck, respectfully, respectfully, that's an idiotic question uh, to even go in. Uh, President Trump is campaigning on making America great again. We saw the greatest economy that we've had in a century, possibly ever, when President Trump was in office. He makes it very clear. He has more policy videos on his website. He gives speeches. He gives detailed interviews. He takes on the tough battles with tough reporters. He's actually doing it. And so President Trump... Trump, you saw tonight his policies loom large over everybody on that stage. Mm-hmm. He dominated every answer, whether it was about him politically or policy-wise. And I, quite frankly, I agree with the comments earlier. President Trump looked like a genius by skipping the pig pile mm-hmm. tonight and instead doing the interview with Tucker Carlson, which, by the way, Chuck, just hit 87 million views. Yeah, and, and that was yesterday. Uh, it's 215 million 215 and, and you know 
There's going to be some folks listening to this on uh, our Odyssey replay. And by the time you listen to it, an hour, two hours, ten hours from now, that number is going to be even higher. Think about that. 215 million views. He's going to go in there and post that $200,000 bond. You know what would be interesting? It's just occurred to me. What if Donald Trump said, no. And I said, what? Well, you want me to post a $215,000 bond. Normally, bail is a 10% cash alternative, so it's $20,000, which, if you're Donald Trump, is kind of walking around money, right? That's wham for him. But what if he says no? I I, I don't want to post the bond, because you don't have to. Now, most people don't want to spend time in jail, right? You want to bond out, you want to bail out as soon as possible, but, but what if Donald Trump says, no. I'm not going to post that bond. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not going for bail. You know what would happen, right? They're going to have two options. They can put him in jail and let that resonate for a moment. Let that just sort of uh, marinate for a second inside your brain. That they put him in jail. Where are you going to house him in the Fulton County Jail? It's already one of the worst run facilities in America. It's why the feds are coming in to take it over. It is a crap hole. You're really going to put him there? Now, are you going to put him in general population? You're going to put him in a holding cell? you put him in the drunk tank? Where are you going to put him? Or are you going to have to clear out, I don't know, if it's, a, if it's an up and down or side by side sort of place, but you're going to have to clear out a whole pod just for him, right? Then you're going to have to clear out a whole pod for his Secret Service contingent, because I got news for you. They're not letting you take custody of him. How are you going to manage all this? Oh, there is another option. Now, the other option is you go back in front of the judge and you say, we'd like him to be released on his own recognizance. What's the point of bail? Anybody know what it is? Why, why is it that throughout history we've had people post these surety bonds Think of the phrase, surety. Well, you got to do a little you know, waving of your hand, but it means to ensure. It, it, it ensures that you show up for trial. That's the whole point of this. And it's always set relative to your apparent flight risk and your desire to disappear. There are a lot of things you can say about Donald Trump, but I'm here to tell you, under no circumstances does Donald Trump want to disappear. Period. End of story. Having him postponed is the most moronic thing ever. But again, it's not anything to do with law or law enforcement or proper prosecution. This is all a big, gigantic dumpster fire. It is a circus of epic proportions. Hey, I got another little piece of uh, former President Trump and Tucker Carlson. Cut number five. So if you're saying they stole it from you last time, why wouldn't they do the same this time? Oh, well, they'll try. They're going to be trying, yeah. But, and not, not only me, you know. Look, uh, DeSantis is out. I think he's gone. So he was, he was at a level. He's, people have figured him out. He's gone. But if somebody else got in other than me, they'll go at him just as viciously as they did me. These people are sick. Uh, they will go after them. And a lot of people say they won't be able to hold up. I do get credit for holding up quite well, I must tell you. I think it's... Uh, How do you do that? How do you get indicted, you know, every week and stay I cheerful? It's, um, 
I think it, it's a lot easier because I'm, I'm so high in the polls because it means the people get it. He's right. I hate him. I hate his tweets. It's okay. I wish there was somebody who didn't tweet like that. Hey, I got news for you. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, but I, I also know that the guy got stuff done. I know this is the greatest economy in the history of this nation. We, 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 were, we were running on all cylinders. Man, they were building extra cylinders for us to run on. That's how well this economy was doing. Rising tide lifts all boats. Let me tell you something. That tide was high. Everybody's boat was being lifted. Everybody was doing well. And this nation was respected around the world. You know what didn't happen? Vladimir Putin didn't get a whole bunch of nonsense underway. You know why? Because he couldn't figure out whether Donald Trump was crazy or strong or both. And it didn't matter because Putin looked at him and said, I'm just not going to mess with him. Now you get Joe Biden in there. Vladimir Putin looks at him and says, wow, whose job is it to change the man's diaper? And Vladimir Putin says, uh, watch me. I'm going to be riding on a tiger naked through, uh, through a blizzard in Moscow. And now I'm going to do what I want. I'm taking what I want. I want Ukraine. I'm taking Ukraine. What are you going to do? Well, if you're Joe Biden, you just send how many, how many dollars is it now? Is it $100 billion that we flushed down the freaking toilet with this Ukraine nonsense? $100 billion while we've got veterans sleeping in the streets? $100 billion while you've got hungry kids in America at this point? $100 billion after you put out how, how many businesses did you extinguish with this COVID crap? And now, because the election's coming up, now all of a sudden, oh, there are news stories popping up. Maybe everybody should wear masks again. I got news for you. Unless it's Halloween or I am called into surgery, man, I'm not putting on a mask. 515, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. 522, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. Just a heads up, I'm taking a look at the uh, the forecast for the next few days. Uh, we're going to have rain and thunderstorms. So if you've had questions in the past, like roofing issues, you should call A-plus roofing. I'm, I, 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 I'm not telling you, I'm just saying. You got lots of rain, lots of wind, lots of nasty stuff coming in. You don't want to find out you had a roofing problem when your ceiling just falls in, so... Give my buddies over at A-Plus Roofing a call, 804-752-0008. Can I make you a winner? Well, no, I can, right? Okay, well, let me make you a winner. I I have a pair of tickets. These are so cool. Virginia Museum of History and Culture is doing this special event. It's called Virginia Distilled. Now, which part did they have you at? Uh, I I was with them when they said Virginia, but man, Distilled locked it in, right? There's going to be a distillery representative pouring samples of whiskey from, well, a whole slew of distilleries. This is going to be the place to be for the Virginia Distilled Festival on Saturday, September the 9th. just so happens to be my birthday. So you'll get tickets for that. It's a free evening admission to the museum, and you'll be able to see this uh, brand-new exhibit called Apollo when we went to the moon. You've got unlimited samples might be an Uber night, commemorative tasting glass, access to live music, food concessions, only two things. Uh, If you're a guest, you've got to have a ticket, and everybody's obviously got to be over the age of 21. If you would like a pair of those tickets, you know, you can toast my birthday. Why don't you give us a call? We'll take caller number 11 right now, 833-804-1140. Just call that number. You'll be caller number 11. 11 and we will get you 
those tickets. Simple as that. Uh, Dr. Keith Ablo will be along. Looking forward to that at uh, 535. I'm just trying to uh, check some time here. Gosh, I know. I'm, I'm over. I'm under. I'm this. I'm that. I'm blah. Yeah, all right. I'll tell you what. Dr. Keith Aplow at 535. It is 525. Jeff Gads, News Radio, WRVA. So much going on. I mean, breaking news that our attorney general, I mean, think about this. Our attorney general here in my beloved Commonwealth actually had to do research and write an official order saying, yeah, uh, boys are boys and girls are girls. And uh, they need to use the bathroom that uh, goes along with, you know, the plumbing. And they've got to use the locker room that goes along with, uh, and, oh, and the other thing is, no, they can't choose a different pro now. Well, today I'm going to be he and him, and tomorrow I'm going to be she and her, and the next day I'm going to be Leaf, and uh, and then I'm going to be, and it's like, you know, just shut up. Here's what my pronouns are. Kishmir Tuchus and leave me alone. All right? That, that's, that's all. Let's get back to reality. And last night, we had some interesting snippets of reality. And I, I got to tell you, I think a lot of these people are crazy. But uh, somebody who, who will absolutely have a perspective on this, my buddy Dr. Keith Aplow, joins us every other Thursday, just loans us his brilliance for a couple of moments. It's always good to welcome him. Keith, thank you for being here. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. The, uh, the pleasure I get is to only- tell my mom it's fortnightly. I get to use the word fortnightly. Ah, well, see, that big-time education of yours is paying off, my friend. Unreal. Fortnightly. I love it. Hey, did they teach you there in medical school about boys and girls? You know, uh, transgenderism was only alive at Johns Hopkins until one of my mentors, the great Paul McHugh, the chairman of psychiatry at Johns Hopkins, arrived shortly before I did as a, as a medical student and shut it down. <gasps> As, as an abomination with no medical basis, no fact behind it. So their gender reassignment program survived until Paul McHugh arrived. I don't know if it's reared its ugly head again, uh, but, I, uh, but certainly, you know, he understood this is not about having been born into the wrong body. This is about a psychiatric illness. We don't need a surgical center. We need a psychiatric approach. Do you think we're going to get back to that? Because I look around the country, Keith, and I'm telling you, these chop shops just seem to be popping up everywhere. Well, there's a lot of money to be made. And for some reason, you know, you got to go to the underbelly of this stuff um, and say, what is happening? How is it that people are losing their fundamental notions about who they are literally even to the sense of what gender they are. I don't believe this is honoring some sense of self. I think it's an obliteration. It's, it's, it is um, essentially uh, collaborating with an obliteration of self and accepting that as reality, the destruction of the self. How did we get there? Uh, and I think it has a lot to do, frankly, with this hostility toward God and this hostility toward the soul and things larger than the person. Because, you know, if you can decide everything, 
then there's no one higher than you. That's right. You're it. Your thoughts of the day are are the court of last resort. There's there's nothing to which you can tether yourself as reality, and then you're floating free. That's right. Hunt That's avatars. Yep. Right. Yeah. So I'm today. I'm today. I'm uh, female, not male. Tomorrow, I'm somebody who's an avatar. I'm going to adopt a different reality on secondlife.com or right. Meta. Yeah, uh, that's right. Right? That's exactly um, right. All of which would be interesting, fun, and games were it not for things in the world like, say, China and yep. bombs. Yes. And, and the economy and, and poverty and homelessness and suffering that's right. that comes for people. The further you go from reality, it's like having a rubber band attached to your back. It snaps you back hard against the wall of reality. And that can be a very painful day for a person or a society. Well, I think our uh, collective day of reckoning is coming. Uh, Dr. Keith Amblo is joining us. Keith, last night we had... Well, we had this uh, collection of eight people on a stage. I know theoretically it's a presidential debate. I'm not sure that I saw the president there. And then on uh, over on X, formerly Twitter, you've got uh, former President Trump and uh, Tucker Carlson, which as of now, that show, if you will, that video, it, it's had 215 million views. I'm curious to know, as not only a, a conservative, but a, but, but a deep thinker, uh, what what's your takeaway from these things? Well, I think that the reason that you have millions and millions and millions of people flocking to authenticity, Tucker Carlson and Donald Trump, is because it's in short supply. Yep. It was in short supply on the debate stage last night on Fox. Yeah. I I didn't see anyone really on the stage that I'd say, yeah, I'm very comfortable that that person is absolutely fearless and the the sort of central figure to take us past this plague of unreality. Um, A number of them seemed like posers to me, Mm -hmm. looking for one-liners. Mike Pence in particular, he's such a well-spoken man, but he's also very scripted. He, He has this melodic, beautiful, poetic delivery, and I just think a little too slick. Mm. A little too practiced, mm-hmm. uh, a little too ready to, you know, coax everyone on stage to agree that he's fabulous for having supported, as he says, the Constitution to the exclusion of loyalty to an individual. And one could argue to the truth. Right. Um, right. right. Uh, so he was well dressed, well spoken, perfect hair, a lot better than my shaved head. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if we can trust a guy who has lost not a hair. I don't, I'm not sure. It worked for Reagan. It worked for Reagan. I'll give him that. Oh, Reagan had beautiful hair. And yeah, yeah. Well, man, now here I am. I'm pining for Ronald Reagan's hair. What have you done to me, Dr. Keith Ablo? My God. It's, it's true. It is true. Uh, so you, you look at this, you examine it, you listen to it. And let's remind everybody, you're, you're a brilliant guy, but man, you are stuck behind enemy lines in my former favorite Commonwealth of Massachusetts, where uh, uh, Maura Healy has just, just, uh, just issued this, declared this uh, emergency because they're illegal immigrants coming and the rest of it. When you're walking around, when you're traveling in 
that commonwealth. Do you ever look around and think, man, it's just like the bizarro world in Superman? You know, it looks like Earth, but these people are just back crap crazy. Absolutely. Listen, in my beautiful seaside town, I walk around and I look at people posting various signs about pride and, and all manner of things. And I'm like, this is very bizarre to me that your credibility relates to which perceived downtrodden group mm-hmm. you're willing to put in your window. That's right. Right. That's the credibility. That's how you get points in Massachusetts is a bumper sticker, a sign on your lawn, a sign in your window on the door of your shop that essentially says people hate other people and we don't like those people. In fact, we hate those people. (laughs) (laughs) And you should come in here and buy stuff in this, you know, gift shop uh, because we hate those other people who who we think hate those other people. That's right. Well, I mean, it's just insanity. It's like victimhood is elevated to such status in Massachusetts that basically to be a victim is to be more a citizen here than if you say, I don't want to be a victim. I'm okay. I can take it. And I'll go out and I really want to flex my, my muscles intellectually, emotionally, in every way. But no, because here, if you're, if you're, unclear about what gender you are mm-hmm. you're a hero that's right you can go over to the fenway yep okay yep. get some free medical care for yourself yep. uh maybe you've been through the you know the rings or the rungs over at children's hospital that's right. where they you know tell you that you're heroic and brave to be getting a double mastectomy mm-hmm. around about 16 or 17 years old uh what kind of world is that Keith, I'm going to tell you something, though. I am still waiting for the uh, the first person, either in uh, Chilmark or uh, Swellsley, uh, to open their home <laughs> to some of these illegal... I, I, Governor Healy said she needs spare room, so I just assume they'll be the first ones to the plate. Hey, quick question for you, because I'm just about out of time. What's the best way for folks to sort of poke around in the world of Keith Ablo? Give me some websites, and are you still doing the painting with the prescriptions? I am, so projectprescription.com uh, people can peruse my artwork and keithablo.com people can decide if they'd like me on their team yes. whether to change their lives or turbocharge their businesses and that's uh, everything is a story Jeff I see everything as a narrative I like to help people write the next chapters of their stories and it won't include the Fenway with Children's Hospital. <laughs> no, it won't. No, it won't. No, definitely not. All right. So uh, KeithAblo.com is probably the best. Put me down for one of those prescriptions. i got to pick one out. and uh, you I'll tell- just send you one. Cats and Keith. I'm going to send you. <laughs> that's our next show, Cats and Keith. I'm going to go. I'll send you one, okay? And, okay. Uh, you know. I'll, I'll send you one that you can, you know, well, you can put it up, but you'll be criticized for doing that because of my, you know, infamy. But nonetheless, nonetheless I'll send you one. Got no worries about it. All right, very good. Tell uh, Mom Ablo we'll talk to you in a fortnight. That is my <laughs> friend, Dr. Keith Ablo, keithablo.com. 546, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRVA. <laughs> Fifty-two, Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA, Thursday afternoon. So, the latest count that I see. Well, all right, we're back. We're, we're over two hundred and fifteen million views for, for, 
former President Trump and uh, Tucker Carlson. You do know what that was, right? That was two guys each flipping the bird to Fox News. And they were both using both hands. So that was four of those one-fingered salutes thrown at Fox News. And I got news for you. They win that one. Even uh, cut number nine was all Fox, though. In an answer, you sit here in an answer right You sit here in an answer. Go ahead, Hold Governor on. Christie. Hold Go on, on, Governor Christie. Hold on. Well, so listen. The more time we spend doing this, the less time they can talk about issues you want to talk about. So let's just get through this section. Governor Christie. Hey, I have an idea. Why don't you shut up? I mean, honest to God, look, look, look. You are not the gatekeeper. People that love Brett Baer, they love Martha McCollum, but these debates are not for them. And the Republican National Committee shouldn't be involved up to their beady little eyeballs. Hey, well, this guy can be in, this woman can't be in. No, I'm sorry. This is about we the people, at least in theory. Do I want to hear from all of them? I do, actually. Do I think that former President Trump should take part in these? Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I can go either way. I really can. I, I don't fault him at all for not taking part. And just, well, frankly, for entertainment purposes, I wish he did take part. Because I think he would be able to skillfully let everybody know what he was thinking and maybe remind everybody of the policies he had that actually did amazing stuff for this country. I get it. There's some stuff about him people just don't like. Got it. I got it. He is a New Yorker through and through. And for a lot of people, that that's not a good thing. And not only is he a New Yorker, he's a New Yorker who is in the contracting business, the construction, the building trades. I got news for you. Yeah, sometimes guys talk the way they talk. Very, very distasteful. Can't argue with that. You know what else you can't argue with? Is that the economy in this nation was humming along like nobody's business. You know what else you can't argue with? The fact that my sons and your sons and your daughters and other people's daughters and granddaughters and nieces and sons and grandsons, they all had opportunities while Donald Trump was president. They had opportunities to live a life, buy a house, get a great job, and Joe Biden and the leftists destroyed every single part of that. Just the facts. All right. I want you to go and enjoy this evening. Tomorrow, yes, why not? Mugshot t-shirts for all. Have a fantastic evening. God willing, you and I get the chance to do this all over again tomorrow, starting at 3. Jeff Gatz, News Radio, WRPA. Adios and Viacondios. Going home now to stay. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.